Welcome back to The Call Up, your go-to podcast on the future stars of Major League Baseball. I'm Aram Layton. He's Jack McMullen, and we've got another farm system breakdown. This time, it's the New York Yankees. And this is a system, Jack, that you and I both you know, probably did not have as much on going into it and now find ourselves, you know, like really excited to talk about it because this is one that it took me longer than most because I had to dive back in and like watch a lot of video, go back into the numbers and get primed on some of these guys that are new up and coming. And, and also some of the blue chippers that have changed a lot over the last year or two, like Jason Dominguez, who feels like he's been around for a decade. So I know it's not a team that, that you've seen a ton, but like how excited are you about some of the names at the top here? And then like editing some of this, like some of the new names that I was kind of throwing your way. What's kind of your takeaway on this Yankee system? Well, unlike you, Aram, and the rest of the common man, I have watched hours of footage of these 17-year-old DSL guys. So I, I don't know why you're putting those words in my mouth that I haven't seen much of these guys, but I've seen everything from from Roderick Arias and, and a couple other names that we're going to go over. No, man, I mean, I, I told you right before we hit the record button, like this is honestly one of the very few organizations that I've never seen one of their affiliates play. Yeah. which is so weird because like I've seen a lot of these West coast affiliates. I saw in short season, I saw the angels affiliate play. Yeah. I saw the Dodgers affiliate play in Hyatt. You think Jack, you spend your entire like minor league life so far in the Midwest and East coast. Like how are you seeing these West coast teams? A lot of them have an affiliate out there um, yeah. or I've ventured out West and like the weirdo that I am, I've gone to a minor league ball game and like yeah. actually paid attention to the prospects, but the Yankees never seen any of their affiliates play. And for me, like there was just a certain number of players that like, of course, I'm monitoring, I'm following. Maybe I saw a little bit of in the fall league or whatever, but I caught myself like I got some catching up to do on the information and and, and on the video and and breaking things down. So um, I think for both of us, it was kind of fun. That's why it took a little bit longer to to fully put together. But I kind of like that because there's a lot of times where you have those preconceived notions. Um, You know, an example would be when I'm breaking down the Rocky system and I want to go into that, like really excited to love Zach Fiend. But you know, when you look at the data, it's like, ah, but you have your previous preconceived notions where you really want to still keep him up here. And that's not to say that he's fallen like crazy. Yeah. What are you saying? I think with some of these Yankees prospects, especially on the back end, I I felt like I took it like a very holistic approach. Like I didn't have any bias on, you know, Kiner Delgado. I didn't have any bias on, on some of these other guys that I just, Luis Serna. I haven't. I didn't have any bias on him. It was a very fresh look, um, aside from some conversations I've had with folks. So um, that's what made it really fun. And I think without further delay, we'll we kind of jump into it. What I love is that you can add a lot of context to just like what these guys did at what levels, knowing about the ballparks, you know, who they're playing against, and and also there's a mixture of of guys that have produced at certain levels, guys that like haven't quite put it all together, and then guys that. You know, I've been banged up a little bit, and I think our, a lot of people are eager to see what they can do. And you could probably make the case that every farm system has guys like that, but it seems like the Yankees kind of fit that bill. Well, for those watching on YouTube, we have the screen up here um, with the names to watch is where we'll start. And I don't know if there's that many. There's some names in college that I know you, you followed closely or at least saw a little bit of. And, and, and one of them right off the top that I think is going to be somebody that is a really interesting follow this year, which is Clayton Beater. Uh, and Clayton Beater, right-handed pitching prospect, came over in the Joey Gallo deal. Um, 
this guy's got some of the best stuff in the minor leagues. Like it, it, there's no way around that. It's, it's a plus fastball. It's a plus plus slider and a curveball that is disgusting, but the command has never quite been there. Um, after the trade to the Yankees started to look a lot better. Uh, I don't know if that was a coincidence, you know, just a nice stretch change of scenery, whatever it may be, but for whatever reason, command was better. He shut dudes down and we'll see. I mean, ultimately I think he's a reliever and a really good high leverage one. He struck out nearly 40% of batters last year, walked around 13%, but I won't relegate him to the bullpen just yet. We'll have to follow a little bit closer this year. Next yeah, guy. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Do you want to go one by one? Yeah. Cause like, I, I really only have things to add about beater and Tyler Hardman in this list. Let's Cause I saw beater throw live when he was in the Dodgers organization. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd like more from you on him because like, it, it's, it's amazing how, it's all, he just commands the stuff enough to where it's like not a Joe Boyle disaster. He's effectively wild. Like yeah. he, he is totally effectively wild. Boyle is frustratingly wild. Um, Beater is for me frustrating, like as a broadcaster, as a fan frustrating, but as a hitter, like he can land a strike every now and again. So you certainly have to stay on your toes. And I'm actually going to go about my role in these top tens a little bit different on on this episode, because again, I haven't seen many of these guys live and I've only seen limited videos. So I'm going to be asking you a lot of, you know, pointed questions, follow-up questions on these guys, but beater, I can actually fill in some color here. Um, Beater. The only time that he's actually been a legitimate starting pitcher in his life was four weekends in February and March of 2020. That was it. Four starts, 21 innings. He was a reliever his first year at Texas Tech. And then after that, he was a Dodger starter. And now the Yankees are kind of doing the same thing. And we've talked about Dodger starters before. I'll talk about him again. Until you get to really AAA or maybe the advanced stages of AA, you are so tightly leashed. It's unbelievable. Like Beater was going two and two thirds in his longest start on the best day. He would go three innings. So the only time we've seen him be eligible for a win as a starting pitcher was at Texas Tech in 2020. That tells you that, I mean, the training wheels are still all the way on for this guy as a starting pitcher. Yeah, and I think that that really kind of puts it into perspective there, right? Like, And I hate just being like reliever, but this is one of those where it's, it's probably a reliever, but that's probably why the Dodgers were willing to trade him for a Joey Gallo. That said, he could still be a really good big league reliever. And the way that the Yankees have been able to kind of take some of those failed starters – and throw them into a bullpen and have them really succeed over the last beyond. It goes all the way back to Dylan Batances, uh, but continue to do it with guys you know, year after year after year. I think Beater is going to be a really good reliever for them. I really do believe that. Um, next name's a guy that I, I actually did not know much on and, and really enjoyed diving back into the video on is was Richard Fitz, uh, big right-handed pitching prospect, six four over 200 pounds that just absolutely carved in high A. He was a little bit shaky in low A and then really found himself in high A. Fastball jumps out of his hand, can touch 97 more in the mid-90s, though. And the slider flashed above average. It's kind of your classic big dude with a good fastball, pretty good slider, and we'll see on the changeup. Has the reliever fall back, but I think he's got a shot to stick as a starter. So just kind of a name to, to monitor and a guy that I wouldn't be surprised to see make that leap as he gets you know a little bit more acclimated. Uh, Antonio Gomez is a big time power, power arm, power bat. Um, and, and I know that Keith Law just ranked him fifth 
in the Yankee system and his Yankees right up. So there's some people out there that really, really like him. I think that there's too much stacked against him in terms of swing and miss and just overall, like the blocking receiving is not great. Um, he has not really produced that much in game that we'd like to see, uh, but he's a big power hitting catcher with a 70 arm. So obviously he's, he's worth following and has some intrigue. Tyler Hardman, uh, a guy I got to talk to in the Arizona Fall League, a guy that I actually enjoyed watching. Um, he was a fifth rounder in the 2021 draft, first baseman slash third baseman. Um, I actually was surprised that he was better at third base than I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. The power is silly. It's really silly. I think we've talked about him briefly in the past, maybe, Jack, because of his numbers at, at Oklahoma, uh, how crazy he was going uh, at one point. But it's 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 really impressive. It's foul pole to foul pole, too. So his swing's a little long, but he's got the ability to hit the ball almost out of the catcher's glove and inside out it over the water right. So I think this is a guy that's going to hit enough home runs to, to be uh, an, an asset in some way as some sort of platoon bat. I think he could be the short end of a platoon with the power that he has, like a Jordan Luplo type, um, that is just never going to miss a mistake. He's going to crush lefties. And you can plug him at third or first. I, maybe he can get away with a corner outfield if, if you try it out there. He moves all right. Um, but the spray chart's really remarkable. The power is remarkable. Um, and, you know, 30% K rate's a problem, but it wasn't too, too egregious, something to monitor. If he cuts that down a little bit, maybe he can force his way into being a regular. Um, Brock Selvage, this is somebody that I know has been getting a lot of hype. Uh, because he's a third round high school lefty, six two six three, good mechanics. I was a little disappointed in the stuff. I was expecting a bit more. I'll be honest. Uh, the fastball is is low nineties, touches ninety four. Um, the, the the slider was was a little bit more of just like a short slider, not not really the sweepy breaking ball that that most Yankees have. We'll see if they teach him that. That's the the one trend that you will see with the better pitching prospects, the patented Yankee sweeper, uh, the the top prospects they've got that. Uh, Selvage's stuff is just not quite there yet, but. He had great numbers at the complex. I think it was more just him being a lefty that throws strikes and, and can mix in three pitches, but we'll see there. And then the last guy is Yoendris Gomez. He's pretty polarizing. You'll see him at the bottom of, of some top 30 list. You'll see him towards the top of some top 30 list, meaning like in the 9 to 10 range. I'm kind of in the middle there. I, I would put him as like a 20 to 23 ranked prospect in the system. He's been injured. He's a right-handed pitching prospect. I should mention that. He's been injured. He's only thrown 100 innings over the last two years. Fastball is is good at 93 to 95, but there, there's not really a, a plus pitch there. Uh, there's a, a several usable pitches, but I think he's got to kind of be that guy that's got to hit his spots to, to be able to go three, four, five innings. And I see him more as just that depth starter or multi-inning reliever long term, especially with the health concerns. Any follow-ups on any of these guys before we move into the uh, top 15? Gomez, Hardman, and maybe one above that. Um, okay. The the right-hander Gomez. Yo, Hendrys Gomez, is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you, you need to hedge your stuff, guys, with guys like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the guys that I love that I think could make some starts for the Yankees this year is Johnny Brito, who, like, is not that great, right? No. Like, he he's not... I didn't even mention work. <laughs> Yeah, I know. he He's not light the world on fire with the stuff, but he was a sub three ERA and he was a ground ball machine in yeah. double and triple. So, I mean, you're looking at a guy that I think like 
you're not terrified when he's starting a game for the New York Yankees, and you might be pleasantly surprised. Yo, Andres Gomez, kind of same thing, right? It feels like he could start a game um, in Scranton, maybe for the Yankees if everybody goes down in August or September. And it's like, I kind of like this guy as a time buyer. Nothing more than that. But the Yankees... They can pay any free agent they want. They can make any trade they want because of their player development on the hitter side. So you can always go get major league caliber starters. You need time buyers. And he feels like a time buyer. Um, Tyler Hardman, he's got power out the ass, dude. I mean, he's really, really impressive. And I know you probably saw him out on the the Cape in 2019. Yes, I did. I did. He was was going off there. He was a Brewster guy, right? Yeah, he was a Brewster guy. Big, strong, medicine guy. Sucked out loud in double in a very small sample at the end of this year. But then he goes to Mesa and lights the world on fire. He's one of the better hitters yeah. in the Arizona Fall League. So, I mean, this guy, like, he's he's a confidence rider. And yeah. when you hit 22 bombs in Hudson Valley and then go to the Arizona Fall League and do what he did with a 1036 OPS – that could mean confidence in spring training, which in turn means confidence in summer set to start this year. It's funny, dude. I, you kind of hit the nail on the head there because I, I talked to him. And, and for Yankees fans that want a little bit more, um, go a few, not more than a few, but go, if you go back some episodes, you can see um, the interview. You can hear the interview with Tyler Hardman. We have that you know banked a few episodes back. But uh, talking to him about it, I was like, you know, what was that cameo like in Double A? I don't want to be like, what was what was that? stretch like there yeah he's like dude honestly like i just kind of went up there just with the with the intention of just feeling it out learning and getting a taste of it obviously it didn't go as well as i thought but i wasn't that like worried about results there because i knew i was gonna be able to go to the fall league build confidence and take whatever information i got from there and work through that in the offseason to make sure that i can tie up whatever was kind of an issue there so it's a big jump for a strikeout guy and, and i think that's something to monitor Velocity is what what kind of challenges him sometimes, and that's why I think lefty he could be that lefty masher. But it, it is something to monitor. I, I'm eager to see how he bounces back. But hard worker, uh, I loved his mindset when we were talking, and and that's a guy that I I think I I'm going to give a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt because of the makeup side of things as well. Um, anyone else in here you want to touch on before we get to the top fifteen? I don't think so, man. So a <laughs> guy that I barely have anything on, but I had to put him in here. This was like, I'll be full disclosure. I'm never going to like, never going to BS the listener. I'm never going to BS you. I couldn't find much on Brando Maia. And I hope I said that right. Brando Maia. Um, Outfielder, international free agent legitimately months ago. Um, They just signed this dude. 4.35 million. Uh, And this was the guy the Yankees wanted. He's 17. Talk about tools, dude. I was only able to get access to some limited, limited video. But... He's a everywhere I've checked and, and I followed up. I reached out to people on this one because um, Baseball America had an 80 run grade on it. So I had to reach out to some folks there. I'm like, oh, where have you gotten run times on him? Like, what's the deal? And they're like, no, no. Well, we feel good about these run grades. So I was like, all right. So I I put set. Like, I think he's a 70. Like, I think 80 is extreme, but 70. The video I was able to watch of his swing, it's way ahead of a lot of 17 year olds I've seen. And he's powerful. He's already popped 107 mile per hour exit velocities as a plus plus runner in the outfield and a swing that already is kind of advanced. Like, I admit, I don't have much on this dude, but that's enough for him to be a top 15 prospect. Like, if you told me, hey, we're going to offer you a trade, like, we want to work it out, you can, you can pick between Brando Maia or any of the other names to watch. I'm taking a chance on Maia just on that information alone. 
Yeah, I mean, this guy, he feels like Bruno Caballo. He feels like the Brazilian Kevin Durant. You watch the moon landing mm-hmm. footage on draft night, and he's mm-hmm. two years away from being two years away. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, when anybody's a $4.5 million international free agent, chances are they're talented like nobody else in that class. Yeah. And, and clearly, like, he's that guy. So if you hear 80 runner and you think 70 runner in, like, whatever you look at, I believe it. Um he doesn't have anything registered on baseball reference. Like that, <laughs> that's how little we know about him. He doesn't have a Dominican summer league plate appearance yet. So uh, when he does get that, can he turn into the Harleen Susana type hype? I hope so. I hope so. I will say the swing is, I think better than Arius is, um, but is literally it, um, is the it fact like that ben, there's no info. Is, that, is, is it the Ben Battler footage that you get? That guy does as good a job of ben like throwing boots on the ground. Oh my gosh. Baseball America's Ben Battler does an awesome job with that stuff. I mean, it, it, he's got video of every person ever, <laughs> like he, literally every international free agent ever. Uh, but I will say, like, I think this swing is, is further along than Arias's, but Arias has already showed us a little bit more of what he can do. And, and that's really the only separator at this point. Cool. 14. I know this is a guy that you're more familiar with. Trey Sweeney, shortstop, first round pick in 2020. Um, Sweeney's a guy that, you know, I I wanted to see something that would stick out more. And I just, and it's actually 2021, I should say, right? Trey Sweeney mm-hmm. was 2021 pick. Austin Wells was 2020. So I got to update that on the video. Um, I was like waiting for something to stick out. And just like nothing really, really does. Um, what I will say, though, is despite him not being like a great athlete, he he's he's a good shortstop. He could stick there. Like, I think he could be a league average shortstop. Um, he's got the arm to play third. I think he'd be an above average third baseman. And you can kind of move him around slightly above average power in the tank. Just doesn't tap into it that well. And, and what was most frustrating watching him? was how many center cut fastballs he just was laid on. Foul back, foul back, foul back, foul back. And then he really can't hit the changeup. So he'd, he'd foul back two hittable pitches and the changeup would kind of do him in. The thing is with him, though, is like he still finds a way to be kind of productive and he finds a way to get the most out of his very average tools. And that's a testament to him. Like he was 31 for 34 on stolen bases, but he's not fast. Um, <clears throat> he's hit some home runs, but – he doesn't have crazy power. Uh, the, the, he doesn't have the best tools defensively, but he's got, he's going to stick it short, I think, if you wanted him to. Um, so it, it's tough, but to me, nothing really jumps off the page. And I don't know if if he's going to if he really shows much projection because not that athletic. Maybe he could tap into a little bit more power, but then he's going to slow down a little bit. I just struggle to see what the outcome that you want from a Trey Sweeney is, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's depth. I think it's third middle infielder, right? Like because he's he's good enough defensively, he maximizes the limited skill set that he has, like you're saying. Um this is a guy that I kept tabs on when he was at Eastern Illinois, just, you know, being like a relatively local school and he killed the Ohio Valley. Like oh, killed yeah. him. Um couple of things, couple of aspects of his game that have translated from college that made him a first round pick, couple of things that I don't think many were expecting. The walks stayed mm-hmm. really impressive. How often he's able to walk and hedge, you know, bad stretches where he's always going to be 
an 100 point bump from batting average to OBP, which is really, really solid. So, yes, he was a 240 hitter, but he was a 350 OBP guy. And you will take that at any Mm -hmm. minor league level. Um, The power, I think, is on par with where many expected it to be, like in the 15 to 20 range. Mm -hmm. That's probably where he's at. Maybe he's 10 to 15. We'll see. Um, The strikeouts are a lot more apparent than I think anybody was expecting there. And I think the speed is more apparent than anybody was expecting. He wasn't a stolen base guy in school. Now, all of a sudden, he was 29 for 31 in the stolen base department in high A last year. Um, And then you've got the strikeouts like they're just jumping in a way that I think would be worrisome if you spend it on a really disciplined hitter out of college. It reminds me a little bit of Bleday, um, where it's just like, oh, he just missed that. Oh, he just missed that. Oh, he just missed that. And you're like, yeah, okay, when you we'll just miss three, then you're out. You strike. Yeah. Out. You know, and then, then, then they spin the change up and they get you. Uh, I will say though, I think there's some hope with, with Sweeney's hit tool. Um, the, the zone contact's pretty solid. The power will play well in Yankee because he's, his power is maybe fringy all across the board, but pull side, it's above average. And he's trying to go to his pull side a little too much. And I think that's part of the reason why he's in and out of the zone too quick. Uh, he really does try to go to that pull side. But something that you'll notice, a trend, talked about sweepers for pitchers, hitters, patience. Patience. A lot of guys that walk a lot. And that'll be a trend that you'll see more of as we move forward. 13, right-handed pitching prospect, Drew Thorpe, who was a second-round pick in 2022, I believe it was at a at a Cal Poly. See a Cal Poly guy, another guy that doesn't throw that hard at a, at a Cal one of those Cal schools. Uh, but Drew Thorpe is all change up. Like it's his fastball averaged ninety miles per hour flat. Um, the the reason why I think the Yankees liked Thorpe is one his plus change up that has a chance to be plus plus with late tumble. It's nasty. Uh, Slider flashes above average. He's got, you know, and I think that's something that they feel like they can teach. The command is great, but he's six four, one ninety. So I think the Yankees feel like they can find if they can tick that fastball up to ninety two, ninety three. This is this is a much better you know arsenal. This is a Pablo Lopez type arsenal, right? It's it's good command. It's a good enough fastball. It's it's a really good changeup and a breaking ball. That's a good enough third pitch. Um, Thorpe, just for me, the fastball velocity keeps him out of the top 10. But there's a guy I wouldn't be surprised if he makes the leap, if he sees the tick up, like some guys we're going to get to, like Will Warren and some others. He could easily jump into the top 10 and be a legitimate pitching prospect. Very high floor. Is it is this one of the guys that I'm going to fall in love with as he yes, climbs? Abso- absolutely. Yes. Okay. Because I, I see like two, three ERA at San Luis Obispo uh, in like 104 innings. And he was six. Um, he was six to one in the strikeout to walk rate. So, I mean, this guy... He's got command. He's got enough swing and miss stuff. And if he's finesse and and if he dances around hitters, like that's that's the kind of guy that I fall in love with. And and what I like is the mechanics are smooth. Um, it's Sweet. low effort, and I think that's why the Yankees really bet on this. This is them betting on their pitching development, which has been phenomenal. Like they take they get guys in the seventh eighth round. This is a second rounder, and they maximize them. So you know, I think this is somebody that. It's going to be a good test. Like the canvas is there. Let's see how you paint, you know? And, yeah. and I think, I think they're going to be able to do it because, because Thorpe is like that perfect baseline, six, four, one ninety plus plus change up, which is the hardest thing to teach. He's good so command. moldable. Let, let's see what you can do with the rest. Yeah. 
Number 12. This is a guy that could end up off the list by next year or at the top of it. Roderick Arias, switch hitting shortstop, uh, $4 million international free agent in 2022. I was prepared to have Arias anywhere from the top 10 to the 20 range, like to the names to watch range, and he lands somewhere in the middle. He's big, 6'2", 180, um, a switch hitter that is already flashed 106 mile per hour exit velos from both sides of the plate. He's got crazy power potential, uh, much more room to add on his frame. He moves well. He's got a, he's got the best infield arm in the farm system. That was the, when I was watching the video, there was, <laughs> there's a couple points where I just laughed. Like it was just like the word howitzer is weird, but that yeah. was the only word that I could think of when I watched him. That was like howitzer. Like that's yeah. a, that's an absolute cannon. Um, He's, he has got a good shot to stick it short if he could smooth out, you know, the, the actions, but he's so young. The swing is just so long. Uh, and that's why he, he did not hit that great at the complex. It is just long. Um, front shoulder pulling off, like just, just back kind of dragging. But he's such a good athlete that, you know, he kind of gets away with it a little bit. Yankees are really good at, at kind of toning that down and getting guys to control their moves a bit better. I love Jason Dominguez. We'll get to that. Um, but this guy needs some work. He's just so freakish that I think it would be silly to not have him in the top 15. Pass. <laughs> like he's, I, I've never seen him before. He's an 18 year old that hit under 200 in the DSL. So you're yeah. in the complex. So uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know anything about him. Um, but what it sounds like is he sounds like one of those high price guys because he has these crazy tools. It's all projection. Um, and things need to tighten up, right? Like he is, he's almost the newfound, um, you know, like young star that everybody's looking for, where you see O'Neill Cruz and then you see a 16 year old that kind of does things like that. And it's like, I want that guy. And yeah, here's $4 and, million. Dollars. And you got silly money. It's like, it's like, screw it. I'll, I'll throw some money that way, see what happens. You know, if you exactly. find a guy that could become Ellie or O'Neill Cruz, like just do it, just throw yeah, the $4 million just, at him. It's for the Yankees, no brainer. But I will say they do well in the uh, low budget area too, and they did well at, at the number eleven here with Elijah Dunham. Uh, Elijah Dunham is is a really underrated prospect, man. Outfielder, he was an undrafted free agent in the abbreviated twenty twenty draft, similar to Matt Mervis and some other guys we've talked about. He would have been like a seventh, sixth, seventh rounder. Uh, Dunham out of the and. Is it? It's Indiana University of Indiana at Bloomington. Indiana University at Bloomington. I always mix it up. Is it University of Indiana or Indiana he University? Went to IU. Just call it IU. He went IU. to Indiana. IU. It's okay. it. He went to Indiana like the the Bobby Knight and uh, yeah, yeah, like he went to IU. But it's Indiana University, not University of Indiana. That's, yeah, he that's, went that's to Indiana University. Anyway, yeah. back back to the more important point, and and that's where Kyle Schwarber went, right? Um, that's where Schwarber went. Yeah, not not a lot of big league talent outside of that, I don't think, but. Dunham, he went nuts in the fall league in 2021. And I think that's where people really started to pay a little bit more attention. And then he's just really hit at every stop. He's like, there's a left-handed hitter, uh, kind of fits a similar mold to the other guys in the system, pull side power, uh, gets a lot out of his tools. He's a 50 runner, but he's a great base dealer. He was 37 for 44 uh, last year. And he's 65 for 77 as a pro on stolen bases. He just gets good jumps. Um, I, I still think he's a, a bulk side of the platoon guy, meaning that, you know, I think he can face the righties. You, you probably want to shelter him from lefties. It's a 40 hit tool. 
but it's 55 raw power. I think he taps into at least 50, you know, 50 grade game power. He's an above average runner, at least average runner, and he's an above average defender in a corner. That's a good platoon option here as a guy that's going to steal some bags, hit for some power, um, and, and play good defense in a corner. I really like Elijah Dunham. The biggest issue for him is he cannot hit breaking balls, like at all. Crushes fastballs. There's some video of him tomahawking multiple pitches up at the top of the zone because he starts so pre-stacked and just lets it fly. Um, but the breaking balls are an issue. What How he hedges it because he doesn't expand the zone whatsoever. Great approach. Doesn't chase breaking balls. But if you locate a couple, you can set him down. He's not going to miss the fastballs, and that's probably enough to be a platoon guy. Um, he's got to improve against the breaking balls, though. But 105 mile per hour, 90th percentile exit velocity is very solid. Um, just for reference, Indiana University alums to play Major League Baseball in recent memory. Scott Efros, Jonathan Stever, Kyle Hart, Caleb Berger. Aaron Sliegers, Alex Dickerson, Kyle Schwarber, Micah Johnson. You remember that name? And then Josh Fegley. So there's a crew, man. It's kind of a factory, right? Yeah, Um, it is a factory. Elijah Dunham went to the school of where the hell did the stolen bases come from that that Joey Weimer was the first doctoral student at. Um, Yeah. I have no idea where that came from. Yeah. He he found something and it works. And I think it's the same thing that Sweeney does is like that. They take a short lead, they take the shuffle, and they go, uh, and, and it really works. But Dunham's a name to watch because pull side power, uh, the tools are are just enough, and, and I do think he could be a, a nice platoon outfielder for them. And, and those guys can survive by only hitting fastballs. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there are guys with glaring changeups too, which is which helps on the platoon side. Right? Yeah, a hundred percent. So like I, you know, yes, it's worrisome if you're looking for an everyday star big leaguer, but you're not really looking for that from Elijah Dunham. You're looking no. for a platoon guy, and you're fine if he just capitalizes on fastball changeups. Ryan Howard won an MVP by just hitting fastballs. Yeah, literally, literally, and playing zero defense. Now into the top 10, we've got a complex or Dominican Summer League guy that usually I don't do this for a, a system that's pretty good. It's, it's hard for a complex guy to break the top 10, but – I had access to some video of Connor Delgado, actually a good amount of video and, and some data. And man, I, I'm all in on, on what I've seen so far from him. I'm a big fan. Of so middle infielder, he's only 5'8", 160-ish, uh, but switch hitter that can run, great field to hit, and sneaky pop. His swing is interesting. It's a monster leg kick with like an inward coil, but he moves and controls his body so well. And it, it, it almost reminds me a little bit of, of Ozzy Albies, the way that he moves in the box. And it's a way to, to tap into a decent amount of power for his size. His knowledge of the strike zone was remarkable too. I mean, this guy doesn't chase, uh, really took his walks in the Dominican Summer League, as I think you have the numbers up there. And I always say t- take DSL stats with a grain of salt, always. And I think multiple grains of salt. But watching these at-bats, I really liked what I saw. He can spray it all over the field. He hits it in the air a lot from both sides. And I think he might move to second. We'll have to see how the arm strength kind of continues to come along, but he'd be a great defender at second. I still think he has a shot to stick it short. And I'm just a big fan of his. I, looks are still limited compared to some of these other guys where I have 100 games of, of video and stuff to look at. But this is a name to watch. This newly turned 19-year-old, don't know how much he signed for. It's like not even disclosed. But watch out for Kiner Delgado. I'm telling you, I think this guy could be 
the the name to watch in the system. And I think he will will debut stateside this year. So in terms of just like the 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 box score, like in terms of what you see statistically on baseball reference offensively, this feels like if you took Stephen Kwan and plopped him in the Dominican Summer League. <laughs> right. So stupidly weird. 52 games. He hit 310 with a 504 OBP and a 506 slug. 52 games. He had 16 doubles, four triples, three homers. He was 34 for 42 in the stolen base department. He walked 58 times in 52 games. He struck out 28 times in 240 plate appearances. I'm telling you, like, it's hard. You see high K rates because the the strike zones are comical. I could send you a three-pitch sequence. I got I got it. I think I sent it to you. Do you see that Arias three-pitch sequence where all three pitches were legitimately off the plate by like a half a foot? Yeah. <laughs> they rung him up three in a row. It was like insane. It was worse than high school umpiring. So like the fact that Delgado is able to kind of feel out the umpires too, like at bat to at bat and and not chase at the same time while also taking his walks in that league is remarkable. But his control of the bat is going to translate. I think this is a guy that will have a plus hit tool. Um, and, and I usually find it very hard to be able to project that from guys that I'm dealing with, like DSL, video and data. Um, even talking to some that have a little bit more information on Delgado, they're even higher on him. So there, there's some people out there that really love him. And I'm telling you, everyone's going to be jumping on the train after a, a hot start this year. And I think he's a guy that's going to make the smooth transition to low A because of the approach, because of the bat-to-ball skills. And sneaky power, 5'8", 160. He had a home run 430 feet already in the DSL. So, I mean, this guy's got some juice. Only thing I'll add on Delgado is, like, I never see Aram put a 15-point jump in a grade. Like, 45 to 60 is drastic. So you must really believe in the hit tool. I really do. The way he controls his body, man. Like, I, I'll wear it if I'm wrong. I'll wear it. But, like... If I was turning in a scouting report for an organization, I would put that down and say, you're going to see a plus hit tool down the line, and, and I'd feel pretty good about it. I've got a page in my notes app of every bold claim that Aura makes, and whenever like one of them looks right, I'll delete it. So I just want <laughs> all the wrong ones. And at some point, like probably when it comes to uh, I don't know, if I ever like renegotiate with with just baseball, like I'll probably say, hey. I'm technically working for an idiot because Kiner Delgado had a 40% K rate in double A. <laughs> this is the one I'll tell you, man, like that. I'm, I'm leaving myself exposed here on, <laughs> on, on the uh, DSL guy. But yeah, when you hold out for ahead of spring training next year, yeah, um, to renegotiate uh, that, that'll be a bargaining chip. Cool. Uh, we get into the videos for people on YouTube. Uh, now we got some of the, the clips here and this is where Jack eats. Jack eat. eats when we've got pitcher mechanics. Um, Luis Serna, this is a guy that you're going to love and two complex guys in the top 10. How about that? And you will never see me put a complex pitcher in the top 10, but here we are. Luis Serna, number nine, right-handed pitching prospect, Jack, everything I said about Drew Thorpe, but imagine he throws slightly harder and he's 18. Sound good? Yeah, I mean, like play the video for the YouTube people. This is a change up from Serna. <laughs> like I, I don't really have anything on the mechanics. It's just like he's playing blitz ball with his changeup. So I have a question for you because you have the video in front of you. But for, for those listening, so there's one concern, and I believe Baseball America actually referenced that some evaluators are concerned about his longer arm action. 
No. Do you think that's an issue? It, to me, it just looks smooth and, and I don't see it late or anything like that. And the velo has gotten better for him as the year went on. And, and as he's matured, he's gone more from like 89 to 91 to now 91 to 92, touching a three. What are your thoughts on that? Like arm action? Yeah, which like arm action are they worried about? Because like obviously you see you see his throwing arm, like you see his his right arm kind of sweep behind him real quick. I mean, but I don't think it's egregious. No, it's not egregious. Like obviously he's not you know straight line and he's working it around like Bumgarner is. But I mean, it's not like he's. I'd prefer that where he uses like his full mobility as opposed to a Strasburg where he's at an inverted W and he's literally just like torquing his elbow and sending his UCL into oblivion. So (laughs) like, I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. I think like maybe the glove hand catches people by surprise too, but that looks like Zach Greinke's glove hand where he does. It does. does. Right. And this is the thing for me. So I don't get why 50 K international free agent, by the way, too, another guy that they've just maximized immediately. If they teach him the sweeper, because the, the fastball is going to be average or better. The that change up action is perfect for the sweeper. The changeup is plus plus potential. The command is above average. The, the breaking balls aren't there yet, but they, they flashed. If the Yankees teach him that, which it seems like they'll be able to because he already has a changeup in good command, this guy's going to be disgusting. And he's already throwing harder than Thorpe. I don't know how people rank Thorpe ahead of him. He's literally Thorpe, but younger. And I think a little bit more talented, and that's not a knock on Thorpe, who's a great pitching prospect, but like this guy is better. Um, and I'm really excited because I think this is another one that's going to be pitching right away in, in low A this coming season. He dominated the complex league, punched out 56 and 41 and a thirds innings, pitched to a 196 ERA. As an yeah, I, I, I think the only place that, that Yankee fans may get a bit concerned and like very different pitch arsenals, but similar build to Davey Garcia when he was coming up where Garcia yeah. is. Um, and, and I still like Davey, like that's one of my big problems You're, is I still hold out hope for Davey that, Garcia. That's a fatal flaw. I I've known, I, I know that that's a fatal flaw. I get it. Um, but Davey Garcia, I just loved watching him because he was like this smaller guy we talk about shorter pitchers. Usually they're so strong and their lower half is like visibly really strong, like a yeah. Jack Leiter quad hammy combo or yeah. like a Marcus Stroman lower half. Serena seems like that small, slight guy, much like yeah. Davey Garcia. And the question there is what do they look like in the fifth inning when they get a little tired? Like yeah. this delivery looks like it can get thrown off when he's fatigued. Um, I think that's the buildup process, and I think that's what you don't need to worry about with Thorpe because you've already seen him throw 100 fair. innings in college yeah. baseball. That's very fair. That is a very fair point. Um, and, and that's something I'm excited to see as Serena builds up. I'm sure they'll take it easy with him, but he did throw for for a complex kid, good amount of innings you know, the last couple of years. So I'm excited to see how they how they build him up. Next up is one of the nastier sweepers. This is the best sweeper. This is the Yankee, like, patented sweeper, but done the best way. Number eight is Randy Vasquez, right-handed pitching prospect in double A this past season. Guess how much he signed for? $10,000. Play the percentages. It doesn't always have to be the $4 million guy. For the Yankees, they do both, which is which is fine. Like, I was thinking of that commercial with the with girl with the, is it the can of beans. What is it? Where she says, like, why not both? Old El Paso, um, the taco shells. Is yeah, it soft exactly. or hard? Yeah. Pork and the yeah. Lostos. And then yeah, the town like That's basically what, what the Yankees do here. Um, yeah. But a lot of times these guys end up being better. Vasquez, talk about weird, like, weird delivery. He like seems like he cuts himself off. Like it's a it's it's a short stride. It almost looks like he's playing catch. 
but he slingshots the arm around. And, and I really, the arm speed's remarkable. That short stride, then the arm is the last thing to come at you. And it really allows the pitches to tunnel well off of each other. I'll let you get to the mechanics in a second because I want to get your thoughts on that. They freak but, me out. <laughs> yeah, they do freak me out too. But the stuff is really good. He's got two fastballs. He's got a, a two-seamer or a sinker and a four-seamer that plays at the top of the zone. Both are like 92, 94, touch a five or six. Um, and from that low release point, that four-seamer takes off. Um, I'd say 50, 55 on the fastball. The sweeper is is flashing plus plus it's plus flashing plus plus if he continues to command and more lands at first strike the changeup flashes above average he just did not throw at first strike that often i think only like a 50 percent 50 53 percent strike rate on that gonna have to land it more first strike but when he located it i'm like man that's a big league changeup. and then he added a cutter that when he located that one too <clears throat> excuse me it was a big league offering but there was a couple of times where it just backed up and was right over the middle of the plate and it got crushed. But it was definitely a usable pitch in on lefties. And, and the control is good, but the command is not great. Again, it's like he throws it in the strike zone, but he doesn't hit his spots. But the, the sweeper is enough to guarantee him multi-ending relief um, along with the fastball. But I think be, with the changeup already flashing something and how good the two fastballs you know, can be if he locates them, I think he. I think he's going to be a back end of the rotation starter and, and a pretty good one. My only concern is does the arm hold up with this short cutoff stride with a lot of pressure on that shoulder? At least perceived what like I, the Yankees. I think are aware of this and don't seem overly concerned. Um, but it it is an interesting delivery. Close your eyes. And July twenty second this year. Day game. I have no idea what the Yankees schedule is on July 22nd, but let's say day game. Domingo Herman goes four and a third. Randy Vasquez comes on an inning and two thirds. Marinaccio an inning, and then you hand it off to the late inning relievers. Loisega in that. Yeah. Seems like a dream for Yankee fans this year. Uh, mechanically, this looks like if your non-baseball friend that happens to be a really good athlete went to the speed pitch at the ballpark when you went. Right. And it's like, I'm going to throw this as hard as I can. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's kind of what he looks like. So it scares the shit out of me if we're being totally transparent. Yeah. Like, this, these are freaky mechanics. But you know what? Athletes are athletes, man. And this guy's obviously a really good athlete. And this has worked for him. I, I'm not going to change anything. I have no liberty to change anything. I don't think the Yankees are going to change anything because if they felt like they needed to change something, they would do it before he was 24 years old. Exactly. And I think he makes some starts this year. I really do. Um, and, and the thing too, is I think he's going to be a really good back end of the rotation guy that like when he's on, he's going to strike dudes out in, in bunches, but for a really good team, like the Yankees, that piggyback role would be phenomenal. Cause that sweeper is gross. You look at the mechanics, you think, Oh, maybe that's pressure on his arm. His velo did not wane one bit as he went deeper into starts and his velo did not wane one bit when he went deeper into the season. In fact, his last start of the season was eight, no hit innings. Like this guy was better as the year went on. Fastball command got better as the year went on. Look out for him to have a hot start in AAA this year. I'm, I'm serious. I, I really think he could. Moving on to Austin Wells. Wells is an interesting case because he can hit. He's a catcher slash DH. He was a first round pick in 2020, 28th overall. Um, man, does he fit the bill of just walks a lot. Good approach lifts the ball in the air with the best of them. Uh, only a 30% ground ball rate last year, but the catching it's improved, but it's not good. Um, the receiving's rough. The, 
the, the arm is improved, but it's not good. Short hopping second base. Sometimes the throws kind of float there. It's just, it's just not really, um, I don't, I don't have a lot of confidence in him as a catcher. I'll be honest. I, I don't, I, I, I love the bat. I think he's going to be an above average to at least average hit to a guy and, and a guy that's going to probably be uh, above average power, especially to the pull side. He can drive the ball to all fields. He's actually a sneaky, decent athlete, 16 for 16 on stolen bases. He's going to hit. Um, but my question is, where do you put him defensively? He's only caught as a pro. And even though he's improved in the blocking department and maybe improved a little bit in throwing guys out, I don't see him being able to catch at the big league level. And I wonder when the Yankees are going to start to come around to that idea, even with the automated strike zone, because his receiving is brutal. Um, I think guys are going to run on him way too much. Like it, it, it's it's a probably a problem. Yeah, I mean, this this feels like the Soderstrom dilemma, does it not? Yeah, yeah, and I think the ship's kind of sailed for that with Soderstrom, and they've kind of played him more at first. Wells hasn't played a game at first yet. He's a top one. Like, Soderstrom's a top 100 prospect because the bat's so good. Like, let him get out of a place where he's not very good, and then maybe the bat gets better. Who knows? That's why, that's why I want to see Wells get, get out of catching. Like, I, I, he's, he's worked so hard on it. And I think that's like taken a lot of his bandwidth away uh, from hitting. And and I mean, this guy's hit at every single stop. This guy has walked more than anybody since he was a freshman at Arizona, uh, walked on the Cape and then walks professionally at like around a 15 percent clip. Like this guy has gotten on base and been an on base machine at every single stop. He reminds me a lot of Carlos Santana because he doesn't. He do, I don't think he's going to catch very very much, and if he does, it's going to be short in the big leagues like Santana. The power is above average, and he walks a ton. Like There's some Carlos Santana um, similarities there that, that I kind of like. So here's another one for you. Uh, you combine his numbers at Arizona on the Cape and in the minor leagues. Austin Wells is 48 for 48 in the stolen base department. Stop. 48 for 48. Are you serious? He's never been caught in his life. This past year, 16 for 16. In 2021, 16 for 16. Eight bags for YD in 42 games on the Cape in 2019. He was one for one in 2020. And in 2019, he was six for six in the stolen base department. That is an unbelievable stat. But that's a testament to heat. And I think that's part of the reason, not because he can steal bases, but part of the reason why I think that the Yankees want to keep him um, behind the dish is how cerebral he is. Like he is this really smart player um, and, and has all of those goods that you want out of a catcher. And on the store, like he moves well for a big guy. I promise you he's not fast. Um, so, you know, th- this is a guy that just knows when to go and, and goes in the right spots, but that's unbelievable. That's, that's a cool actually, one, right? That's, that's what I'm here to do, man. Just find the intricacies stat. of baseball reference. That's a good stat. Um, but yeah, I guess it really boils down to it's all about the bat for him. The good news is the bat's really good. I could see him being a 260, like high on base, 20 to 25 home run power. Um, and it surprise you with 10 bags, maybe at the end of the year when you're like, how did this guy steal bags? Um, but I, I do think the ship is probably just about sailed on the catching position. And, and I might be in the minority there. I think we're seeing him in top 100 ranks for some because they, they see the improvements at catcher. But I just I just don't think he can he can stick there at the highest level. Got you. Next up is 
a guy that I really fell in love with on this dive. And this will probably be the last guy we'll talk about in like quote unquote part one here. And then we'll do the top five in part two um, because the top five deserves a lot of time. This is one of the more fun top fives, but I want to give Will Warren his flowers here as another developmental success for the Yankees and another really cerebral player who I wa- I read this interview that he did with Fangraphs. I linked it in, in the write-up here. So if you want to go read along on our write-ups in the podcast description, in this write-up is, is a link to the conversation he had with Fangraphs about his stuff, about how he's tried to maximize it, about what he's learned. And you can, I can tell that's why the Yankees were excited to draft him in the eighth round in yeah. 2021. Warren has a fun arsenal. Um, it's it's the pair of fastballs, or really heavy fastball that gets a ton of ground balls. He's got the sweeper too, and it's a nasty one. It's probably second best behind Vasquez. Another changeup that I think is changeups better than Vasquez's and, and flashed above average a little bit more presently. I think Vasquez's has more potential, but currently Warren's is a little bit better. Curveball that also flashed above average. And then a cutter that, eh, it's all right, but that's like the fifth pitch. Command is solid. But when you can tunnel that fastball off of the sweeper and then also has the changeup when he located at the bottom of the zone was gross, this guy's got really good stuff across the board, good command, and it's just continued to get better as, as, as he's gone on. What I love is that even when the swing and miss stuff isn't there, he's got the fastballs that he can put it, locate at the bottom of the zone and make you ground out. And, I mean, this is a dude that got a lot of ground balls, a lot of them. And here's the sweeper. I mean, dude, that sweeper for those watching on YouTube is just a joke. And it's tunneling off of a fastball that, you know, his sweeper is more like directly horizontal, doesn't break vertically as much. And it's tunneling off of a fastball that's breaking in on righties and – the sweeper is going directly across away from righties. That's a really tough tunnel. So if you're, if you're watching on YouTube and and you're seeing the ball movement on this pitch, right? Like obviously you're seeing this thing slide across the zone at this insane pace, watch the ball, watch the flight of the ball and then watch Will Warren. Look where he finishes. His body's not taking the ball to the left-handed hitters batter's box. His body is working towards yeah. his catcher's glove. If it's anything, it's working action. almost towards the hitter a little bit. Yeah, it's the arm action, and it is like the flight of the ball that takes it where it's going. This guy has, for that pitch and for other pitches to work off of that pitch, the perfect mechanics. Yeah. There's deception in the mechanic because all of a sudden you're, you're going straight forward. You're going from the rubber to the plate. And everything is working off of that plane. If you keep falling off to the first base side, chances are hitters know that everything is going to start working away from right-handed hitters. 100%. This guy, you have no idea where it's going. And I think I think you hit the nail on the head because this is a tunneling nightmare. Like the position that it's frozen at right now for the, for those listening. Looks the it, same. It, it's front shoulder pointed inward, almost closed off. So the ball is hidden. And then he's slingshotting, uncorking on you. But when you have that kind of delivery and your stuff is very horizontal, you know, he's not a vertical guy. He's a guy that's going to work, you know, tailing in on you, breaking away from you. And then even the changeup is fading arm side. That's a tunneling nightmare for hitters. And that's why not only when he's getting swings and misses, it's it's because of the discomfort, but like also he just gets a lot of rollovers because hitters, 
they want to get that front side gone on their end and they're going to pull off and roll over. And that's why he racked up a 54% ground ball rate. When you have a high ground ball rate and above average K rate, your floor is so high. If I pull you guys with above average ground ball rate and above average K rate, almost all of them are some of the best pitchers in baseball because that means you throw strikes usually. And that means you can also get the swings and misses when you need to. Will Warren's exactly that. I I feel like Will Warren is one of the safer arms outside of a top 100 list. And there's a chance that he might break the, he's going to be the guy that's like sitting right at the 95 to 110 range. And it's going to be just a matter of who, you know, who gets in there, but it's, he's so safe that I think there's a legitimate chance that, that he could be a top 100 guy. Cause like, wouldn't you put a, a, a lot of money on him just being like at least a five? Yeah, like, this is not yes. a guy that I'm worried about being a reliever. Really, honestly, show, show me a top flight pitching prospect that isn't a good athlete with clean mechanics. Like, I, I don't think you can. Right, that's what creates that guy. I think the only exception is DL Hall, who's a really Which athletic guy with has like to throw the most freakish pitches of all time to do that. Yeah, but like you look at the top pitching prospects in the game: Grayson Rodriguez, Yuri Perez, Andrew Painter, Daniel Espino. You go farther down the line. You're like Tanner Bybee is mechanics. I love him. Even a Bybee, even a Gavin Williams, Williams, even a, like, I mean, like I could keep going, even a Graceffo and a Tank Hentz. They're all good athletes. Max Meyer. Yeah, Yeah, they're all good athletes with clean mechanics. Will Warren is a good athlete with perfect mechanics for him. And I think consensus clean mechanics. This guy, I'm with you. Like the floor is so high. And if you grade every pitch out to be like, a 45 to 55 pitch with a chance for a couple of sixties in there. And he has 50 command already. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Eighth round pick, eighth round pick. The Yankees keep doing it. They, they keep doing it. So we'll save the top five for part two, uh, because this top five includes, I think you can guess which some of the names are, but one of them that I want to give like 20 minutes to, because I'm going to make my case is the number one, maybe my number one breakout prospect for next season. A guy I'm really excited about. And then also just some storylines with guys like Dominguez, Peraza, Volpe, and, and how they all stack up that I'm excited to get to as well. And of course, Everson Pereira, those are all the guys. How will they all match up? You could go look at the, the ride up and, and spoil it, but there's a lot of stuff that I want to break down on those guys too. So That'll do it for part one here. I hope you enjoyed it. Jack, any final thoughts on, you know, these, I guess, everybody but the top five? (laughs) I had a really good time looking at the the three pitchers that we spent some time on in Thorpe, Serna, and Warren. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I figured you'd be in on Serna. I figured you'd be in on him. And and Warren, I texted you. (laughs) What did I, this is the last thing we'll say. I texted you and I said, you're going to love Will Warren. He's kind of boring. And, and by boring, I mean just like he throws strikes. He doesn't strike out 14 per nine and rarely gets like the pitching ninja. Although I will say that sweeper is not very boring. The, the um, casual still, Yankee fan, like the casual Yankee fan in four years would be like, oh, nice. Will Warren starting today. Yeah, no. Even the casual Yankee fan now, like, tell me about Dominguez, Volpe, Peraza, Spencer Jones or whatever. Don't tell me about about Will Warren. Uh, oh, the ground ball guy that strikes out like eight per nine or nine per nine or like, yeah, okay. But like the, we eat these guys up because they're hard to come by. They are hard to come it's by. It's hard to come by a big league starter. And Will Warren's a big league starter. He's a big league starter. And he's a number six prospect in a good system. So 
Top five is really good. I take that their top five up with anybody, and we will break that down on the next episode. Looking forward to doing that with you very soon. So always thank you for listening. If you can take a second to leave a rating on Spotify, Apple, whatever, subscribe on YouTube. Look forward to talking prospects with you tomorrow with the top five.